Hey, what's going on everybody? This is Johnny Irwin with City Surf Project. We're up here at Lindemar Beach in Pacifica, having a great time on the waves. We got a class from Mission High School, a surfing PE class. The waves are about one to two feet. The, way, the wind is out of the south, about 10 miles an hour, making for nice, smooth, offshore conditions. The kids are ripping and shredding. Just wanna let you know that we are having a fundraiser tomorrow night, that's November 4th, up in San Francisco at 111 Minna in downtown. Should be a really fun party. We got live music from Coast Tribe, as well as legendary rapper San Quinn. We have a silent art auction, also giving away some cool prizes from GoPro and Patagonia. So come and have a great time and support a good cause and help us change some lives one wave at a time. Also keep listening to this rad show from Kyle Tierman. Later everybody. You heard them, everyone. If you are in San Francisco or the Bay Area and it is a Saturday, go support City Surf Project tonight. And even if you're listening to this and it's after Saturday, go check out the work that they're doing. I volunteer with them and they're a great organization to get involved with. I am recording this from Los Angeles, California. I was up in Santa Cruz for the last couple of weeks getting some work done and surfing. And now I'm back down here. Uh, a lot of you have been asking for an update on Spotlight Blue, which is the TV show that I'm trying to sell based on using water as an entry point to look at interesting ideas, cultures, and issues. It is slow-moving progress. I'm working with a production company, and we're creating the sizzle reel for it, and we're pitching it out to networks. It's a very slow process, so I'll let you know how it goes moving forward. It could very well not happen or manifest in a completely different way, and at this point in my life, I know the skills that I, that I want to get better at. I want to get better at writing. I want to get better at speaking. Uh, I want to get better at filmmaking, and I want all of that to have a mission-driven message with it you know i i do care about the world <laughs> some might call me too earnest at times um and however that manifests um matters less to me than selling a specific show so i'm at a point where i'm looking for opportunity and saying yes to opportunity and when i can get better at those skills um i jump on it so, that's it. Uh, thank you to PJ for donating on Patreon this week. It is listeners like you who help keep this show going. High five, PJ. If any of you uh, have a couple extra bucks that you can spare, head over to my website, kyle.surf, to donate. And if you can't, I totally get it. There are a bunch of other ways you can support the show, like scrolling down right now in your feed and giving the show a rating on iTunes. It takes a minute and it helps other people find it. And just sharing it with friends, it all helps. Uh, and it's great to have so many of you listening and giving me enthusiastic feedback. Oh boy, this episode is with Carlos Duran. Carlos would not consider himself a shaman. He would consider himself a helper. 
Some might consider him a shaman. He very much holds space during ayahuasca ceremonies and knows a lot about the culture and history of this powerful medicine. If this is the first time that you've heard about ayahuasca, if you have a lot of negative negative connotations towards psychedelics, I would recommend pressing pause right now and going back to episode 39 with Dr. Jeff McNary. That's an episode that's also on ayahuasca. We weren't on ayahuasca when we recorded the episode, but we covered the subject of ayahuasca in the episode. Um, And he does a very good job um, touching on any of those concerns that people might have. In this episode, we get into spirit, we get into uh, a lot of seemingly far out shit that I think is also really relevant to talk about, and and I dig it, you know? I don't claim to be an expert on any of these subjects, and I love love to stumble around in worlds that I don't fully understand, but I'm curious about. And what good episode (laughs) would be complete? Uh, without a good little debate about the Illuminati at the end of it. So Carlos get it, Carlos and I get into a good discussion um, and debate about that, which is so fun. That's, that's one thing I love about podcasts is that there can be respectful dialogue and two people can disagree about things um, and not spit hate and vitriol in the same way that we see that happen on the message boards. I think that we need more thoughtful discussion and debate if we're going to um, get to a better world. Here's a quick clip from the show. Carlos is a very thoughtful guy. Uh, With or or without the plant medicine, we, we need to we need to reach a place first where I can love myself, where I'm not angry or demanding, you know, or upset or it's always someone else's fault, you know. Um, we got to get over that. We got to heal that, you know, and then, and then from there, them, they, those, we got to get over that next, you know, it's us, it's we, you know, we recorded this conversation at Rhythmia in Costa Rica. Rhythmia is a medically licensed plant medicine retreat center. Very nice, complete with massages, yoga, Breath work. I've been there twice and highly recommend it if you are interested in experimenting with plant medicine in safe and therapeutic ways. All right. Here is Carlos and me talking. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. You ever been on a podcast before? Yeah. Yeah? You yeah. have? Yeah, no, I do an occasional podcast with a friend of mine. Called oh, no way. Yeah, Vibration Rising Radio. I'll send you the... S- check it out. Yeah. Yeah, What? Uh, what's that all about? Um, well, we, we started the podcast uh, w- with the idea of 
producing information that would help people raise their their vibration. Okay. But she runs a a, a growing. A little um, closer to your mouth. She runs an international yoga school it's called Passion Yoga. There you go. And so right now the podcast is on a slight hiatus. Yeah. Because she's she's building that business and I'm traveling so much. Yeah. But she's over in the Caribbean side. Yeah, I was um, struck the the morning after the plant medicine ceremony. What a good explainer you were. (laughs) It was was not every because that's one thing that I've noticed as I have uh, begun to podcast is you become much more aware of how you sound and how you come off and you were you were breaking it down very simply and very effectively. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, um, the other night, uh, during the, the ayahuasca ceremony, there was, um, what was the, we were talking about the two separate types of, uh, plant medicine of ayahuasca. What were those two separate types? Well, th- there's actually several types that what, what you're referring to is two different cultures. Okay. And, and the one culture is the Santo Daime culture, uh, which comes out of Brazil. And then the culture of the path that we walk and the culture that we represent is the Yahe culture, which is uh, predominantly found in the Putumayo region of Colombia. And um, what are the differences between the two? Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's several differences. And, and then at the end, I'll, I'll clarify something. But um, so, for example, with Santo Daimi, um, the ceremonies tend to take place during the day. Um, there's music through from like basically from the beginning of the ceremony throughout the end. Um, they have structured hymn books as well. With us, uh, oh, and the medicine is different for them. The, the 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 ingredients are the same, but the the recipe is different. Uh, they use more leaf, more chacruna, or or changropanga as it's called in some places, and and less capri, less vine. For the yahe, eh, there's more vine, and less leaf. And the cooking process is different. Um, the Santo Daime is called the Santo Daime tea because it's it's light, like a tea. Okay. And as you notice with the Yahe, it is a rather thick brew, almost like a like a syrup. It was like a syrup, yeah. I, yeah. I remember I put the shot glass back and it didn't all go down at once, started dripping out. Like, oh God. That face says it all, yeah. Oh man! But yeah. but then the, the one point I want to clarify is that um, as, as there's so there's there's an ayahuasca culture in Ecuador, in Brazil, in Peru, and in Colombia. These are considered the the homes of the vine. And and, and there's different. So the it doesn't matter according to our teacher, because at the end of the day, it's a different path that's going to take you up to the same mountain and the same zenith. You know, the same summit. Um, it's just a different trail that you're taking to get there. But all, all of the vines, even even if you go even deeper, there's different names for different types of vines. Um, there's, there's vines that connect more to celestial elements. And there's vines that connect more to terrestrial elements. And then there's vines that connect more to aquatic elements or water elements. But again, different paths, same mountain, you're going to end up at the same summit. Gotcha. So, um, the other night that was a celestial, was that what you yes. consider that was a celestial vine? Yes. And, and the brew is called Cielo that we were using. Okay. Sky. Yes. Right. Sky. So what is more likely to happen when you are using a vine, um, of, of Cielo? 
sky uh, or, or, or the, the, the celestial vines um, tend to have a, a gentler lift. You, you, you go into the process um, with, with celestial elements. You know, so we're talking about angels. Um, and, you know, angels and celestial beings are present throughout the whole ceremony. It's a sacred process. But you're working more in tune with these elements. Um, the, the terrestrial element is a little rougher. It's more like a tiger or a jaguar. It's a more of a, of a strong feline experience. And then the toughest one, in my opinion, um, is, the, is the water world, the, the boa, the elements of boa. This, this takes you, and, and it's fantastic because that takes you um, to the deepest aspects of yourself where you can, you're always working with the vine. I mean, as you saw, you, you're, you're always going deep. But this is, the, the boa is a, is a strong, strong, and it's not to say that one is stronger than the other. I don't want to mis misinterpret that because, again, you're going to end up at the same summit and, and you're going to have um, a healing journey. But it's what the, the vine shows you. This, because th this is the way to explain it. When you work with the vine, as, as she's extracting the elements of trauma, anxiety, pain, fears, doubts, anguish, etc., etc., from you, um, they're being, you're, you're feeling it. It's being shown to you. Uh, when, when she's working with you uh, uh, like a character type, like if you're angry or depressed or um, incompassionate, you're going to experience these as she's pulling them out from you. It's just the way that they do it is a little different. Uh, celestial forces are a little gentler. Um, the, the terrenial forces are more aggressive. And, and the water world um, can really get into the ugly. Like, you know, really the... the, the but, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that the one should refrain or, you know, because these questions create a lot of uh, chatter in the mind. Right. You know? You know, we, we, we're used to trying to classify an expectation too. Yes, that's right. Right. Which is never good to have. No, never with the medicine. It's, it's not good to have an, it's good to have an intention, but not an expectation. And just to clarify, is all ayahuasca referred to as a she, as a feminine plant? We consider her a mother plant. Um, but it's actually a, a plant that lives in equilibrium or, or, or medicine that lives in equilibrium. Um, there's, there's the vine, um, and then there's the, the leaf. And one is considered uh, the partner of the other, the masculine with the feminine. In, in our culture, and I'm not, I'm not speaking for all ayahuasca cultures, just our culture in Colombia, it represents a marriage. But a, a deeper understanding is that duality does not truly exist. It's, it's, a, it's a form of learning for us. As we enter the higher spheres of existence, uh, of energy, of frequency, and vibration, we, we lose the duality of male-female, you know, as man and woman. But rather, it's two energies, a masculine energy and a feminine energy that cohabitate. Because you and I both have feminine energy inside of us. Even though we're, we're masculine externally, both energies live within us. And is, uh, the, the, is the, the vine considered the feminine aspect of the plant? You know, you, you, you would think so. But um, it's actually, the vine itself is actually considered uh, the masculine and the leaf is considered uh, the, the feminine. Very interesting. Yeah. And tell me about the four types of, of journeys that people can go on when they use plant medicine. Ah, the four visions. So we have four, four visions. 
Um, and it's important because a, a lot of people often what they want or what they're hoping for in their first ceremony is to see. You know, er- everybody wants that um, that visual effect. Yeah, I mean, as as plant medicine has become much more popular in the West, uh, you know, in, in just the last five years, you know, it's exploded um, in in popularity and people wanting to seek something deeper inside themselves and, and using plant medicine for that. Um, when people talk about it, they talk about blasting off into the universe and seeing geometric patterns and, you know, shooting off to the moon um, because that's all, f- it's f- the best thing to talk about, right? We, right. we love that, but... Um, but there are four separate types of journeys that you yeah, can take. Well, you know, n- nobody wants to talk about the medicine told me I'm an angry asshole and I have to be nicer to people. Right, like, yeah. You know, it takes a very bold, transparent person to admit that. Um, so, so you have the four visions. The first vision is considered the pinta, which is what we just spoke about. That's the visual experience. The second vision is, is considered the counsel. And this is when you receive or you hear or, or you feel intuitively um, advice for your life, guidance. And uh, this can extend for guidance for your family, how to treat, how to work. Uh, it's, it's, it's advice, it's guidance for your life and the people in your life. The third is, is when the celestial forces come, or the celestial surgeons, as we call them, and they come to do physical healing. And this is manifesting the ceremony by actual pains in the body, wherever the healing is happening. You know, whether it's your elbow or your knee, your ankles, your thigh, you, you'll feel this pain. As eventually, you know, that the surgery is complete and then the pain subsides and you'll, you'll hear people in the morning, oh my goodness, I've had this ankle injury for 15 years and now it's gone and I had an immense pain there last night because the medicine is very homeopathic. It, it will intensify the pain as she's curing you, you know, before the, there's a peak before there's a down. And then the, the, the fourth vision is considered the most important vision of all. And this is called the no vision. And, and this is when a person doesn't see anything, doesn't hear anything, doesn't feel anything. And what's happening here, oftentimes, it's accompanied by a deep sleep. And what's happening here is that the medicine is going back to when you were first created, when you were frequency, when you were a vibration. And from that point of your creation, she's coming forward, reviewing all the incarnations of your life, when you were a rock or a tree, uh, when you were water or a blade of grass, when you were a bird, when you were a cat, ta-ta-ta, coming to your human incarnations, and then she's reviewing all the lives of all your different incarnations. And what she's doing in this review is beginning to understand and see where there was a trauma, where there was a disconnection. And she's basically just reconnecting, you know, the, these wires that were disconnected. She's soothing and healing these frequencies that, that were out of place because of actions or thoughts or you know, the, because when we speak of karma, we, we have to understand that karma has two aspects. There's, there's, there's what we call positive karma and negative karma. And what she's doing is just basically healing all the actions and consequences of your past existences, the misunderstandings and miscommunications of relationships. And from there, she gets to a point that's called the tree of life. And the tree of life represents the lineage in, in your blood. Your ancestors are going backwards and it represents also the children that you will have and their children's children. So here she does a complete review of your tree of life. And there it's like, like a woven fabric. And anywhere that there's a, a, a piece of thread, a piece of fabric that's cut or burnt or, 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 or damaged, she's healing it. She's reweaving it. 
um, in a way that you wouldn't even know that was, you know, it doesn't leave a scar. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perfect healing. After she completes her healing in the tree of life, she begins to come forward to what's called the soplo de vida, the breath of life. And that's where your mom gave birth to you in this lifetime. And then she works with any kind of trauma you had at birth and keeps going forward through your childhood, ta 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 ta, to your present existence and then goes forward. And this process can take several ceremonies. You know, it doesn't always necessarily happen in one night. And have you experienced all four types of visions? Yes, I have. Absolutely. It's uh, it's so wild. And, and as a side note, I'm sorry, in about in the last f- four years, I haven't had an actual visual. Oh, wow. No, no pintas. And what are the most uh, common types of of visions or common types of, I guess, visions or, no, or non-visions that you will have in the ceremonies me, that you Me take? personally? Yeah. Um, I experience a lot now, a lot of um, the council. And um, that's pretty much the primary vision that I'm getting now is counsel. And how does that come into play? Like paint that for people because many people who are listening um, maybe have not experienced plant medicine and, and that counsel. Is it, does it feel like you talking to yourself? Does it feel like another being speaking with you? Can you explain that? Yeah. Um, well, most times um, the, the plant will bring you information in a voice that you're familiar with. So you, you may um, hear the voice of your mother or your grandmother or your own voice. Um, the, the, the elements that I'm working with at, at this stage uh, of my path is that I have um, communion with, with other beings. Okay. And <clears throat> let's take it back to some of the origins of this plant medicine. I know it was originally um, used in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know any stories of the original uses of it? I know it's a, it's a very mysterious past. Bueno, when you say original, you're talking about 5,000 years back. So the, the, the story of plant medicine is like this. According to our culture, and, and there's, there's many interpretations of it, so I can only speak about our culture, uh, with respect and honoring all cultures, and, and we never claim that our story is the story. We understand that it's our story. It's the way that we learned it and the, the stories that, that are also just as valid. There was a time on Earth um, when be, before humans came that the demigods or the semigods um, habitated the planet. And humans actually evolved in frequency. We, we still hadn't taken a, a physical manifestation yet. And the, eventually um, we, we came to Earth. We were here. And here on Earth, uh, we received counsel from these semi-gods. But humans, and just like everything else, there's positive semi-gods and negative semi-gods, right? There's no... Um, and humans began to think. We evolved in thought. And that was basically the beginning of our downfall. Because with thought came doubt. We began to, to lose faith in our creator. We began to lose intuition. And we, we wanted intellect, and so the, the semi-gods uh, left, left the earth. But on the earth, there was plants that were left for us. And the, the, the thought and the, the, the communion with the more negative elements led to, to the beginning of, of a dark time on earth where, where she began to sleep. The, 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 the vibration was actually lowering. It was a slumber. 
and now and 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 as so as this darkness began to consume the earth at at the right moment in time the the creator released the information from heaven on the different plants so to each tribe in different sections of the of, of the amazon for example right now i have mambe in my mouth which is a plant medicine that that helps us um draw conscious speech a true speech a transparent speech get some of this for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i just use coffee (laughs) and and, um and so there's many different plants that were left and and, you know also like in in, uh in the americas there's the peyote there's the tobacco okay um there's there's the uh the temascal and in the amazon we had the mambe we have uh, the rape uh, we have the yopo, we have the the yahe or the ayahuasca brew, and so these celestial beings released the information to us and said, "Okay, now there's this time of darkness, and now is the time to help man return home." And and then the information was released to these tribes around the world, and then um, a few about a decade ago, fifteen years ago, there was a a calling from the plant medicines to be brought out into the Western world. And this is why now you're seeing with the huicholes, for example, leaving Mexico and, and bringing peyote, the, the true form of using peyote, you know, not, not the, the, the culture of the plant. This is why the uh, ayahuasca culture is coming out of the Amazon. It's, it's to bring these medicines out into the industrial world in order to heal and create an earth where where all creatures that are here can cohabitate in peace. And um, just 15 years ago, you say these were messages that were given to shaman to bring this medicine out yeah, to e- the west. E- even longer back than that, there was the 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 prophecy of the the eagle and the condor meeting, or the medicines of the north and the medicines of the south coming together. And, and this is that time. So that was the prophecy. And from my understanding, the, the calling happened about 15. I could be wrong about that, but that's, that's my understanding. But fairly recently. Yeah, it, it is a, that, That's why, like when you said, it's exploded in the last five years. But it's been a buildup to that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, it's just reached more of a mainstream audience in the last five years. And, yeah. and it seems, to, um, I mean, I haven't ex- come into contact with anyone who has had a an overall bad experience from using ayahuasca. It can feel very, very intense and very hard during the experience, but I've had a a lot of different people come to me who are very, very straight um, men and women um, who have talked about it, truly having a a deep and profound impact on their life. You know, people will oftentimes talk about you know, the experience being like 10 years of therapy in one night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I, I can validate that um, after six years of, of working with the medicine. Um, it's never a bad experience. The only thing that I could say is that um, I do not support drinking medicine alone until you've had um, a fundamental learning with with a proper shaman. Right. Okay. Um, I know now in the Western world, there's a lot of people that uh, that buy it over the internet, and um, or or they 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 buy the the components and they brew it at home, and and, and the Western mind thinks that's great, and but it's not so great, you know, because you're dealing with a very ancient spiritual technology, 
and the time will come when you can drink alone, you know, and that's fine. But I, I definitely believe that in my experience, what I've seen is that when you work with a proper shaman, a proper curandero, you learn how to commune with the plant, how to approach it, how to how to how to work the technology. OK, and, and then you can go off and, and drink alone if that's what you feel in your heart is proper. Of course, it's like everything else in the world, you know, I mean, uh, there's good priests and there's bad priests, you know, and there's there's good shamans that, that do this for, for love and for healing. And then there's shamans that do this for money. It's it's really important to know where you're going and, and who you're going to work with and to use references. Yeah, and it's um, it's such a powerful medicine. It should be treated with that same level of respect. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that in the West, we really lack ceremony these days, right? Well, the, well, the West lacks respect. Respect, yeah, I agree. <laughs> respect <laughs> and... and, and um, you know, now it, it used to be right that there were rites of passage into, right. into manhood, right? Yeah, there and um, the community would come out. Now in the West, like, we don't even like to talk about death, right? We just uh, oh my gosh, someone died. Let's you know put him in a crate, shoot him underground, and not talk about it, and just <laughs> you know choke it, suck it up, suck it up, right? Yeah, and right. as a result, we um, we really don't benefit. Um, and I think that one of the most special aspects of, of plant medicine is the ceremony. Um, and I wanted to ask you about some aspects of the ceremony that, that can, um, really benefit people. Um, so can you take me into, you know, a night like the other night, what, what you're doing, what your intention is during a ceremony and, um, and all the elements that take place? Mm -hmm. Well, intention is really important in a ceremony. Um, the, the intention that I've been working with um, over the last, um, not, yeah, it'll be a year in September, is, uh, dear creator, let it be your will, not mine. That, that's the intention that I set before every ceremony. That's the, the, the intention that I repeat when the cup is in my hand. Um, prior to this, I've had other intentions. You know, I, I needed to work um, in a relationship or I needed to work... In, in improving myself, you know, I could tell that just there were just things and there still are things in my life about my character, my nature that don't serve me, you know. And so the intention could be uh, there's so many things that could be your intention, you know. Um, but it's, it's what you feel that you need, you know, for some people, it's I need closure with my dead mom, with my dead dad. You know, um, I was molested as a child. I need closure from that. And, and, and that's your intention, which is fine. So what, what happens in a ceremony in our culture, and that's the, that's the only thing that I can speak about because it's the only thing that I have direct experience to speak about. Um, the way the ceremony works, it normally um, the, um, at some point in time prior to ceremony time, uh, you have a, a private consultation uh, with, with the shaman. And there you, you explain whatever it is that you're looking for, that if you need a physical healing, mental, your intention, what is it you need, why are you here? And then from there, um, the, we, we begin the, the ceremony. And um, when the shaman um, gives you your cup, just before giving it to you, he sets a prayer into your cup. And this prayer is in support of the intention that you had told them um, in, your, in your consultation. And then we, we, we drink the medicine. We all drink. Everyone drinks, uh, whether you're a disciple or, 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 or a participant, whether you're the shaman, everyone drinks. 
And then we have a period of two hours of silence. We have a sacred fire that's going on. And then after the two hours of silence, um, we, we make a calling for more medicine for, everyone, for anyone that's feeling it in their heart, whoever who's ready to receive another cup. And then from that point forward, we begin with music. And a little while later, uh, we start with healings. And, and this is a moment, this is the, another very sacred, uh, the whole thing is sacred. The whole thing has to do with creation and the creator and our ancestors and, and healing. You know? And with ourselves, we're sacred beings. You know? we're, we're a sacred part of creation. And so, but this healing, um, you, you, you come uh, before the shaman and, and, and his helper or his helpers, and, and neither the shaman nor, nor us, the helpers, are doing the healing. You know, that's, that's, the, that's one of the first things that, that our teacher has taught us is that we're asking God. You know, all we're there is to ask God for this person that's before us, you know. And, and we have different uh, nature tools that we use. We have roots and lotions and... and um, an element that's called the wider, which uh, draws in, it's like a, a cell phone for celestial forces where we're calling in the, the celestial beings, the angels, the Holy Spirit, the, the illuminated beings to come in and to support this person that's here in front of me, help them, guide them, heal them. And, and that's what we do. We pray for them. We sing for them. The shaman himself, uh, very aware of each individual intention, um, well, because there's different prayers and there's different songs or ikaros, uh, for for different purposes, so according to the the intention the person set, these prayers and the ikaros will be used by the shaman in supporting them with their healing or, or the work, the intention that they have. And during the healings, uh, once the music starts and you would bring people up in groups of four, mm-hmm. um, the, I noticed that it was there would be a group, uh, group of four men. And then a group of four women. Was there a reason for bringing up uh, people of separate genders uh, together? Well, we, if um, that depends on, on, on what the shaman wants to do. Um, normally, yes, we, we separate uh, the men from the women um, during the healings. Of course, uh, if couples want to come together, they're more than welcome to come. Brothers and sisters, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons. That's all fine. Um but what we do is it's just that usually a, a, the, the masculine energy is moving in, in one direction and the feminine energy is moving in another direction. And, uh, and, and just from, from a, a very practical point of view, when, when you're on medicine, you're very sensitive. Okay? You're very open. And, and uh, women for us are very sacred. Women for us... Uh, are probably the most sacred physical element that we have in this world uh, next to the medicine. And so we, we honor their space. So because they're so open and so sensitive, we, we, they just, they just, it's, just, it's just what it is. Women feel more supported in a sensitive space with other women. Right. So we do that. And it's also good for the guys. You know, it, it, you know guys feel that they can lose their shit better in front of another guy and, and not be as... Oh my God! There's this girl next to me. What if I fart? What if I vomit? You know, it just hey, it makes it more relaxed. More yeah, chill, you know? yeah. There, there is an, usually an element of posturing when men are around women. Right. So this gets rid of that. Right. It just lets you be you, man. Uh, and then t- let's talk about the the specific healings. There will be feathers that will be taken out. There will be um, types of liquid that will be. For lack of a better word, spit on the sprayed. sprayed, sprayed on the participants. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when when we work, we're working with we in our culture, 
we, we call upon three worlds, okay? The celestial world, the terrenal world, and the underworld, the world of water. So the feathers and the waida represent a celestial calling, okay? This is a connection. This is because to us, everything that's physical has a spiritual manifestation. So these physical elements in the spiritual world act as a calling, and they call in these elements. Um, the, 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 that's the celestial aspect, um, then, then we have um, uh, harmonicas that we play, and, and this is for also uh, the celestial sounds of lifting up the spirit of wind. Um, on the physical level, we have the touch, when we do very light, non-invasive uh, touches of the body, usually with the wider or with the feathers themselves. So this is a connection of heaven and earth. When we, when we bring in the celestial element of the feathers or the wider and we place it on the human body, it's a connection from heaven to earth. And then the lotions, we have lotions that we, again, non-invasively uh, put on the arms, the shoulders, the heart space, um, the, the energy centers of the back, the, the crown chakra of the forehead. And this represents, this is the connection between earth and water. Because inside of these lotions are plants that we have from the Amazon and seeds and roots. And each one of them has different properties, different elements, different energies. And so we apply them according to the moment of the healing. And the spraying that, that does come from the mouth, this is a very sensitive thing. This is not just, we're not just, uh, it's not what it looks like. Because right. it looks like we're taking a bottle full of root and brown liquid, putting it in our mouth and just spraying it on someone. What's actually happening is when that liquid is in my mouth, there's a meditation that I'm doing. And I'm praying that as, as I blow on you, the breath of life come to you so that you're regenerated, so that you're reborn again with a new heart, with a new mind, with a new spirit, with a new passion for life. So yeah, that's how all that works. And um, before the ceremony starts, um, or you might even consider that the ceremony has started at this point, tell me about the rapé. Mm-hmm. Uh, rapé is a... It made my eyes burn. <laughs> rapé has... A, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gentle medicine, even though it's a little spicy. Um, some people do have a stronger reaction to it because it is a cleansing medicine. And very simple, rapé is... Uh, prim the primary ingredient of rapé is tobacco. It's like... Uh, it's a, a cooked tobacco, like it's burnt into an ash almost. And then uh, in some cultures, uh, it's mixed with other healing plants or healing barks, and then it's introduced to the body through the nose, okay? Um, in an applicator, it's a, it's a, as you saw, it's a, it's a wooden, usually bamboo kind of tube that the repay is loaded on one side, and then the applier blows it into the person's nose. And what this does is that it, um, it cleans, the, on the physical level, it cleans the, the sinus passages. It's very good for the sinus. It, it, it helps the eyes water, so it, it cleans the eyes out as well. It, it decalcifies uh, the pineal gland, so it helps open up the third eye and the crown chakra. And then the element of tobacco introduces internally an energy of protection for the person. And the, the pineal gland is what uh, naturally produces dimethyltryptamine, which is the psychoactive part of, um, the Iowa, of ayahuasca. Um, how do those two fit together do you know much about that which two what the, so the, so the the pineal gland uh -huh. right um when you dream you are releasing dimethyltryptamine um and uh ayahuasca if i'm not mistaken the the psychoactive part of that is dimethyltryptamine and i was wondering if you knew anything about how those two fit together 
The pineal gland. And yeah, the, the pineal gland, and then the psychoactive aspect of ayahuasca. Well, the DMT, the DMT receptors of the body latch on to 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 the DMT. Uh, the the, the 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 DMT receptors latch onto the DMT cells. Yeah, the molecules. The molecules. That's right. what I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I used spit. I was, I was looking for spray. <laughs> so they, they attach to the DMT molecules in, in the brew, and, and that's a very physical thing because, like I said, um, you know, it, like if you have a, a synthetic form of DMT or if you smoke DMT, you are going to go on this visual journey. But that's not really what we're looking for. Um, for us, the DMT is simply um, a, a fiber optic cable. For us, the the more DMT that you can connect to, the f- the bigger your bandwidth becomes, and then everything from there is is pure energy. Right. And when people are talking about, um, so also, so you were helping the shaman the other night. What would you consider yourself during that ceremony? Is that a disciple, or are you considered a shaman as well? In that ceremony, I mean, I, I just for late. I, I consider myself <laughs> just Carlos. <And> Carlos, <laughs> but um, if, if uh, so, the I just don't want to use use the wrong uh, no no vocab you, you, you as we're moving you, forward. You, you couldn't use anything that's wrong, just Carlos. Um, my the, the the gentleman that we were working with the other night is my path brother, and we share the same teacher. Um, and and we call ourselves asistontos or or the silly assistants. You know, because you got to keep it humble, you know, as Kendrick Lamar says, you, know, you just got to sit down and be humble. And that's the truth, you know, uh, on my path in my life, you know. I love what, that you just made a Kendrick Lamar <laughs> remark to <laughs> the shaman in assistance. Um, I, you know, my, my teacher considers me a, a healer where the... the, the um, and, and the gentleman that we were assisting, I was assisting the other night, he's a healer in his own right. You know, and I use the word just to 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 to, to ca- classify something. You know, I, I because I don't do the healing. You know, God does the healing. The Holy Spirit does the healing. Your connection with your divine mother and your divine father is what creates the healing. Uh, I'm simply there to somehow support some kind of conduit, some kind of bridge, or you know, to make the introduction. Um, but uh, so yeah, we're we're considered uh, disciples. We're considered healers, curanderos. We're not shamans. We're not shamans, um, and, and 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 that's. But you know, I don't. We don't like. That's, we don't call each other that. We just, right. We keep it humble. And what um, <laughs> defines a shaman? What defines a shaman? Um, he he has to wear feathers, really cool necklaces, speak in a language you don't understand, <laughs> and and uh, and charge money for ceremonies. Right. <laughs> no, I mean that's what that you know. I, I, I'm I'm half kidding. Like on the surface level, that's what you know, people think of as a shaman or looks like a shaman. You know, what really makes a shaman? A shaman is someone that has dedicated their life to the benefit of the world. You know, um, they're there. Um, you know, gurus, a true guru is considered a shaman and a true shaman can be considered a guru. You know, um, they, they dedicate their life to nature, to humanity, to, to celestial beings they they understand um they have to have gone through some dark stuff you know like like if you talk to my shaman he he's very transparent he's gone through some crazy shit in his life personally because you know what you do in ceremony is only maybe five or eight percent of it all you know it's what you're doing in your life every day that's the 92 percent you know if, if i'm home you know uh 
just fucking around, not being true to my wife or, or not being true to myself, not keeping my practice real with meditations, with prayer, um, with acts of kindness and compassion, that I'm just playing a role in ceremony. I'm just acting, you know, and, and that's not the truth. You know, I, I would say that a shaman is a spiritual artist, is someone that creates and lives the spiritual path. And a lot of times it's the, um, the non-glamorous uh, acts, right? It's the, the mundane, seemingly mundane days that are the most difficult to change our habits right? and change the way that we treat people, the decisions that we make. A lot of times, I think, especially in the West, we're looking for these kind of cure-all, the magic pill, I want this to exist. change me, but that doesn't exist. No. One more thing about the shaman. In our culture, in our path, um, a, a grandfather has to declare you shaman. You have to be given the crown. Your own grandfather or a the, grandfather? A grandfather of the path. Okay. So, so what happens is when a shaman reaches about the age of, of uh, 60, if he's walked the path correctly, if, 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 he, if he carries the mantle of the path, he becomes an abuelo. He becomes a grandfather. And, and there's also grandmothers. There's female shamans. So I, either one has to see, see in a vision they have to see in a vision that you are now this title. You've, you've now received, you know, and, 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 and not, not to take away some of the mystery, but really it's a, it's a degree. You know, you, you have your, your Bachelor of Arts, you have your Master's, you have your PhD. When you, get to, you know, when you get declared a shaman, it's like you've got your PhD, you know. So another shaman, uh, another grandfather will have to have a vision about you having yeah. become a shaman. Yeah, yeah. And then you get crowned. You receive the crown of feathers. Wow, what's that ceremony like? I have no idea. I've never been invited to one. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to wow. it. Wow. I've already got my shaman, so I don't know. And until one of my brothers gets declared shaman, we won't know. I won't know. Who is your shaman? My shaman is, is Taita Juan uh, Chindoy. And tell me about him. Um, he's a radical guy. Um, uh, I love him dearly. He lives uh, in the Putumayo region of Colombia, which is the Amazon region of Colombia. Um, he's one of the, the youngest uh, declared at the age of 16. But by our grandfather is 102 years old, which is our teacher's teachers consider our grandfather. So he's 102. And who is that? Um, Taita Loriano. And Taita, what does that mean? Taita means shaman. Okay. It, 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 it means guide. The word means guide. And... Um, when normally in the path, uh, a man or a woman has to wait till about the age of 40 before they can even be considered, um, contemplated, you know, to, to be like for, to be run, to be put in contention, you know, you have to be about 40 or 50 years old. But uh, because of the calling in, in my teacher's life, um, at the age of 16, Taita, when, when he was 16, Taita Luriano had the vision to, to give him his first crown, to crown him. Wow, and how long had he been using plant medicine uh, before that? The first time he drank, he was like three and a half years old. What? Yeah. Wow, so this is something, I had no idea that um, children would use plant medicine in these cultures. Well, we, we got diverted, so, so remember we went to the semi-gods and how the medicine came in and the information came in, and that was the origins. And then in, in the more modern origins, you know, let's go back a few hundred years, um, the medicine is used by tribes and, you know, a thousand years back, whatever, to, to work with the community. 
So there, there would be regular ceremonies maybe once a week, maybe twice a month, you know, maybe once every three months. So it was depending on, on what the community needed. Um, there were ceremonies, there was ayahuasca ceremonies for harvest. There were ayahuasca ceremonies for hunting. There were ayahuasca ceremonies to resolve conflicts in the community, to receive guidance for the community. Um, if there was a, you know, um, yeah, one, one of the things about ayahuasca was that um, when the Western man uh, first started invading the Amazon, the medicine told the tribes, these people carry a sickness. You, we, you have to draw into the jungle and bring the medicine with you and drink the medicine now because this is what's going to help. And th- that's what's helped keep what's left of, of our Amazonian tribes well. Um, it's been because of the medicine. You know, and I'll tell you, you know, you, you know you're not going to go to the jungle and think you're going to find peace and love. You know, the, the, the industrial effects have reached well into the Amazon. I've seen them firsthand myself. Where have you seen this? Uh, in, in the Colombian Amazon, in, in both in Ecuador and in Colombia, I've seen this. I've seen um, the petrol industry. Um, and, you know, it's not just the damage that they cause to the earth. It's the economic uh, violation because all of a sudden you take tribes that never needed to deal in money and you start destroying the environment around them. So now food becomes more scarce. You start putting up shops because you're going to bring in all these employees and they need to buy food. And then you start creating an, an, an environment where where the the... The, everyone is susceptible to temptation, the car, the sneakers, etc. And so now the, these tribe men need to buy food because, and they need to go get jobs. And it's a, it's a whole violation of existence, you know? Yeah. I it's, it's economic colonialism. Yeah. I'm the, I know some, one of the most dangerous places to be an environmental activist today is in Brazil in the Amazon jungle where just mass amounts of rainforest are being clear cut for cattle herding every day. It's insane the yeah. amount. I, I've just heard the most disturbing statistics about the amount of rainforest that's being clear cut. Yeah, on a daily basis, whether it's for oil or for mining or, or for cattle, it's happening, you know. And, and, um, and there's still tribes in the Amazon that haven't uh, been touched by industry. But each, each year, you know, they have to keep retreating deeper and deeper into the Amazon. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just not right. And. Um, because there are now um, Westerners who are um, going down into the Amazon to use plant medicine, um, and and as you said, you know there's contention right now. What do you what would you recommend to a Westerner who's considering a trip to a place like this, with the knowledge that also the Western world is is really damaging um, these these communities at the same time. Well, I, I think it's, it's, first of all, it's a very welcome experience Yeah. because, you know, even though you, you, know, you hear me say, oh, the Western, this Western, that, first of all, I'm just stating the truth as I see it. Okay. But in my heart, I want everyone to be well. You know, I, I don't hold anyone accountable for what's happened. I just want us to heal. You know, let, let's forget the past. Let's just heal and walk into a better future together. You know, uh, but all, all sentient beings that are here on this earth can cohabitate in love in peace if we're willing to heal um so if a western person you know i I would say absolutely if you feel in your heart that you're called uh, to go drink in the jungle absolutely just be aware first of all what are you bringing with you you know try to try to leave 
um, any excessive technology away, you know, put away and not, not to be, you know, yeah, camera, whatever. Everybody wants to take pictures. Be very aware of the products that you're bringing with you. You know, no, no petroleum-based products because you're going to take a shower in a river, you know. So, so have organic uh, shampoo, organic soap. Um, try not to bring... Uh, like I, I've I've done a lot, some community work in indigenous areas, and you know we, and and there's these beautiful ladies. God bless them. They're, they're beautiful, and they want to bring a bunch of stuff for the indigenous kids, and and they bring all this candy with plastic wrappers, and you know don't don't bring plastic out into the Amazon. Limit that as much as you can. You know, uh, go in humbly. Um, leave the smallest footprint that you can, and, and take away with you the biggest healing possible. Can women become shaman? Absolutely. Yeah. They can. In our culture, they can. Okay. I can't speak for other cultures. Okay. And is um, there a specific religion tied to ayahuasca? No. No. no we don't have a religion. Oh, wow. Um, our religion is love. I like that. <laughs> I love that. And you know, when, when a lot of people... I hate it when people talk about ayahuasca as a drug. I'm sure that oh, an- yeah. annoys the shit out of you, too. That, that and the word ayah, but yeah. Ayah? Yeah. What do you mean? The word ayah, when people say ayah, A-Y-A, I'm with I, an ayah ceremony. I, just, they're just trying to shorten it? Like, yeah, because, so. because, because we don't use that word. It, <laughs> it only, 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 only the white person uses that word. And to me, it's improper because it, it's a way of, of, of um, appropriating something that's not yours. You know, if, if the word for 5,000 years has been ayahuasca, yeah. why do you feel the need to shorten it? Does it really take, I mean, it's just a form of respect, you know? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like no one from California calls it Cali. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Okay, I didn't know that. But all right, there yeah, you, you from Cali? Like, well, <laughs> no. you're not. <laughs> you're not obviously California. You know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just you know, to, what what I mean by that is to bring consciousness to the ceremony, bring consciousness to your relationship with the culture. Understand that you're coming into a culture that's foreign, that's been there for 5,000 years, don't try to adapt it to your own. Adapt yourself to the culture. You know, ayahuasca is a spiritual path, but it doesn't have to be a spiritual path. You know, for example, I practice yoga, but I'm not a yogi. You know, I've been practicing yoga since I was 21. That's 18 years. But in no way am I a yogi. You know, it's not my path. Um, I love practicing qigong. I love practicing meditation, but in no way am I a master of any of these things. You know, I'm not a master of ayahuasca either, but that's my path. And so what I'm saying is that you can have a path and use ayahuasca as a tool, you know, in your healing, you know, in your process. Yeah. I. Th- it's interesting also to talk about gaining a relationship with the medicine, right? Um, you know, when people talk about doing doing drugs, right? It's not like, oh, yeah, I got way better at drinking, right? <laughs> right like, the right. more I did it, I just right, got, right. I'm, I'm so damn good at using heroin. <laughs> I'm the fucking best. You should see me. You gotta see me shooting up. <laughs> right. But uh, with ayahuasca, um, it's something that I can really, s- I, I get that. I get that you, it is a tool and you're getting better at using the tool. You're right. gaining a relationship with it. Can you speak to your your personal path and how you have been developing your relationship with it? Sure, of course. So first of all, yeah, it's absolutely not a drug. Um, it, it's two natural elements. It's, it's a vine and a leaf that are brewed in water under fire. It's completely natural. Um my experience uh, with, with, with the plant, my relationship with the plant, 
was pretty interesting. Um, I, I had I have I had wanted to attend an ayahuasca ceremony since I was probably about sixteen years old, and I didn't get to do my first ceremony till I was about thirty three years old. So that was pretty interesting. Um, I, I've been a seeker for a while, and so with the plant, I've been able to. One of the things that I struggled with. Which which a lot of 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 uh, spiritual walkers and seekers struggle with, especially at the beginning, is the relationship with with money and the relationship with spirit. And, and that for me was a huge conflict. How how can I how can I serve others and still produce money without being attached to the money? And it creates. I mean, I know there's people listening to me and I go, I know exactly what he's talking about. I have that crazy dialogue all the time. Or, and so that's one of the first things that the medicine helped me uh, deal with was how to to come into perspective. And, and really what it taught me to do, was I first uh, lived uh, with, with, with just what I needed. It was almost like uh, bread would show up on my door every day, but just the amount of bread, not enough to put away for tomorrow, you know? And, and that, that, that taught me a lot of release, a lot of surrender. Um, one, the other thing that, uh, that the medicine has done with me very deeply is to help me come more in tune with my sexual appetite, my sexual being. Um, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm Latino or, or, or I just love women, you know, more than breath itself. But I was a, I was a very sexual guy. Like I was just like, <laughs> I think back, it was just a lot. It was a lot of energy, you know, to the point where, you know, some days that's the only thing I could think about was just having sex. And it doesn't matter if I just had sex. I was yeah, three, four hours yeah. later. <laughs> you Fill it up again. Right. Exactly. Fill it up again. And so she's helped me um, tremendously to to align my sexual energy um, in a way that now it's it's positive in my life. It's conducive. Um, I, I no longer feel that I'm at a place where I rob the energy of women, but rather I'm always uh, wanting to offer energy. Not not sexually. I mean, true energy. You know, not lusting for a woman with my eyes. Not 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 wondering what would it be like to. Oh man, wonder, you know, can I, let me talk to her a little bit. You know, no, more calm now, more tranquilo. I have my wife. I'm super stoked, super happy, and and, and internally, um, it's clear now. It's just calm. It's just calm. It's it's beautiful. You know. Well, and where did you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. I grew, I grew up uh, in Union City, New Jersey, right next to the River Hudson. Um, when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time in the rave scene in New York City. I, I used to work on 182nd and Broadway in Spanish Harlem. Yeah. And then uh, tell me about the first experience that you had with ayahuasca. and Because you, you primarily live down here now, correct? Well, I've lived here in Costa Rica now for 16 years. Okay. Yeah. So it was here. It was I was um, I was here in Costa Rica, and um, I was living in the city. And my first experience was actually my my true first experience with plant medicine was with with marijuana. Um, I was a very aggressive guy. Like I was, and and, and the marijuana I believe kept me out of jail. It, it kept me from suicide, deep depression, and always by the hand of God, always by the grace of God. I believe all plant medicine walks with, with, with the spirit of our creator. And then here in Costa Rica, I, I came across magic mushrooms, the golden cap mushroom. 
And then um, a while later, as, as I was traveling, I was invited to a peyote ceremony. And then uh, as I was traveling again, someone said to me, hey, do you, do you want to come to an ayahuasca ceremony? I said, oh my God, of course. When is it? They said tonight. I said, wow, thank God I'm a vegetarian and I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, I, I went. I went to that ceremony. And that's where I met my shaman. And then I, I continued to travel to see him and continue to work with him. It is, is this Taita Juanita? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how old were you at the time then? 33. Okay. And uh, would you be willing to talk about that first ceremony? The first ceremony? Yeah, the first, uh, the first ayahuasca ceremony. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I, I, uh, I was traveling with my, with my wife, uh, my wife at that time. Not, not the wife that I'm with now. And um, we went to the ceremony, and, and I had three intentions. I drank five cups that night of medicine. Um, I had three intentions, and, and it was very interesting because I would drink the medicine... And I watched everybody throwing up, and I wasn't throwing up. And I didn't understand, well, I guess nothing's going to happen, or I got to wait, or whatever. I'll just wait. So I'm just meditating, I'm praying, I'm chilling. And uh, my wife's outside screaming. She starts throwing up and throwing up. And and, uh, and uh, she, she was having a very strong healing, so she starts screaming. It's our first time, we don't know. And, and the helpers of the, uh, at, at that time went outside, and I went outside to see what was wrong with her. And, and, and she was saying, how long have I been here? How long have I been here? She'd been there for like two and a half minutes. And she thought she'd been there for like for far longer than that. But then shortly after that, she, she was organized and you know, she was, she was, you know, she, she processed that. She was able to release that pain. It was fine. We went back into our space. And a little while later, I started vomiting and I started vomiting and vomiting. And I remember this one lady says, she goes, she goes, wow, you, you're good for the medicine. And I had no idea what she meant at that time. And um, I, I go back to my spot, and right away I have my first vision, which had to do with my first intention. A little while later, they make a calling for another cup. I went right up. What was the first intention? Um, I had three intentions that time. My first intention was dealing with, uh, um, I have some very dear friends of mine that were going through a very difficult time on their farm. And, and they had been um, under legal attack uh, because of their organic practices. And I was able to see what was happening. And then I, I called them the next day and I gave them um, that information. Uh, the other two intentions, um, boy, I wish I could remember what the other two were, but I can't lie. That's I, fine. I, I, I remember, I clearly remember I got three visuals, three, three visions. One, I drank one cup for each intention, right? Just that one intention, I would drink that cup for that. And then at some point in time, I would go purge. And I would come back and boom, I would fall into a vision that had to do with that intention. And all those three passed. And then I just felt that I wanted to drink more, you know, so I drank two more times. Well, and I'll also say for people who haven't used ayahuasca, it's not like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's roll up another one. It's no. an enjoyable experience. No. It no. tastes horrible and <laughs> you're nauseous and you're sometimes spinning and the decision to go back up for another cup is is like a okay i can do this i can do this it's not like oh yeah daiquiri's no, on, the, no, on the rocks no, this, is, this is not a party no this is not a drug this is not uh, an ecstasy experience this is this is it's deep work deep spiritual work yeah yeah yeah, it's like meditating 20 hours, taking an hour break, and then going back in for another 20 hours. Yeah, you know? that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, 
And then from that first experience, you came away from it. And what was going on in I your mind? I was in love. You were in love. I was in love. I I I I fell in love uh, with the shaman. I, I fell in love with the medicine. In fact, that not, because especially at that time, um, uh, we were just starting a business. We had just moved, and, and financially, um, you know, every dollar was counting. So it was two of us, and, and so we were only going for one night. Even though um, there was there was going to be a second night. I, I made the sac- the financial sacrifice, which was, you know, looking back, I wasn't a sacrifice at all. It's it one of the smartest things I've done in my life. And I went back uh, the second night. Yeah, I went back the second night. And then um, we were able to, and then that was it. And then we had to go, and I was able to go back uh, again uh, shortly after. And then it, it just began to, to evolve from there. And then when did you make the decision that you wanted to follow this path never I never made that decision it was it was almost like made for me I I, I don't people have asked me that um, and I, I don't have any clear recollection I, I don't I don't I have never made the decision that this is my path it just became my path right you know like it was like like a, an unplanned love story I, I had no intention of marrying this girl but uh, it's like it just robbed my heart and uh so, I mean, people, again, who, who maybe have never used ayahuasca could say, well, yeah, I, I mean, I fell in love. It, it sounds sometimes like a drug, right? Like, oh, I fell in love with this. I wanted to do more and more of it. Do you feel now like you cannot use ayahuasca at any point? Like, just to kind of clarify that, that kind of love. Like, what was it that you really fell in love with about it? The connection to source. The, the the way that I was able to go beyond the veils and the illusions beyond the matrix. Um, ultimately, bro, I'm, I'm a servant. You know, I I I I live in full surrender. Um, you know, every morning that's that's the first part of my prayer. You know, Mother God, Father God, I lay myself down before you in full surrender. You know, use this mind, body, and and heart according to your will may this soul serve you in the highest purpose for which you created it you know and so if, if tomorrow morning the 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 message came that uh you know i had to go somewhere else and that's what i would do you know i don't you know you, you don't get an itching in your bones or a jonesing fry well believe me you yeah. don't you know <laughs> it, it's it's something more that you feel in your heart you know there's there's people that come to us and they'll come to a few retreats and then, um, you know, maybe they'll come here to Rhythmia where we're at now and then they'll come meet us in Colombia and then we won't see them for a year or two, you know, or they'll send a family member or they'll send a spouse or a friend, you know, and then they'll come back. It's really what, what you feel in your heart. Like you'll know, you know, you'll have your first experience and you'll know if you want to come back for a second or a third and when the time is because, see, for me, again, it's a path, right? So this is something that I do. You know, um, it's not a recreation. I mean, it's never recreational, but what I mean is it's, it's, it's not, you know, I occasionally practice yoga, you know, but this is my path. But for, for some people, this is, they're going to occasionally work with the medicine in ceremony. And then they're going to take what they learn, what they receive and process that for a day, a month, a year, three or four years, because it's, it's that strong. You know, like you said, it's 10 years of therapy in one night. So, you know, I used to have a great uh, mentor that would tell me, 
uh, when he first because I, I actually did I went to psych, um, therapy when I was younger thanks to, to this mentor who paid for it um, I was really fucked up <laughs> and, and he told me it's like they, they, they put a, a, your brain in a blender and then put it back in your head you know you have to process all, all the truth that you that you understood you have to process the, the forgiveness the gratitude the compassion you know you, so sometimes it, 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 it's uh, it's an instant return and sometimes it's a little longer me personally I, I i partake in ceremony because it's what i'm feel that right now it's what i feel that i have to do it's just it's what I feel is my calling. Like, I, like if I didn't do this, I wouldn't sleep. Not because I'm not drinking ayahuasca, it's because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And give me an example of how you've become better at interacting with the medicine. What happens is you become more familiar with the medicine. So you're able to trust more, you know. You just trust more. And so as you trust more, you can go deeper into yourself, go deeper into your understanding of, of what it means to you. Because for us, before we're even considered, uh, you know, anything like a healer or anything like that, a curandero, you first have to heal yourself, you know. And that was a really tough process for me, you know, that, that, that self-healing. It's something you still work on, even though we're healers or we're shaman, there's still things that we work on you know we're not we're not walking on water yet we're not transforming uh does that happen at some point uh i you know grandfather's pretty amazing you know grandfather um i've never seen him walk on water but i i've seen him um manifest very powerful energy um but even then you know you know he still doesn't walk on water you know so so you know it, do we all reach a, a moment of enlightenment? Absolutely. I, I believe that. Um, not from direct experience. That is theory. In my, in my theory, we, we as sentient beings will evolve into higher states of consciousness. You know? um, what do you believe is enlightenment? I think first enlightenment is when you, you can live and express and be unconditional love. And, and one of the things by that is that you're enlightened, so you're connected to all the cosmos, all of creation. You can see a person, literally, without them saying a word, and you'll know exactly what their issues are, you know, and you have no judgment for them. You have absolute love for them. You know, enlightenment to me is a being that can touch and heal, that, that, uh, that has a... a they, they've they've passed through um, a lot of they've, they've passed through all of the physical desires of earthly living you know I mean enlightenment is like a like a Jeshua, a, a Jesus you know a Buddha a Krishna you know a Nada uh, uh, you know I can keep going on but the, you know enlightenment is this it's it's a, it's a being that 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 has gone beyond the, the physical limitations of desire jealousy anxiety and so forth one thing i appreciated that you said uh the uh, in the morning once the ceremony was ending was that um using the medicine is only part of it and you can manifest um behavior changes in your life in very pragmatic ways you know doing um supporting the environment supporting your community being nice to other people right things that can um just seem simple, but are also very powerful ways to, to manifest the teachings. Mm -hmm. I like that. Thank you. 
No, that's that's I mean that's that's life. Uh with or, or without the plant medicine, we we need to we need to reach a place first where I can love myself, where I'm not angry or demanding, you know, or upset, or it's always somebody else's fault. You know? Um we gotta get over that. We gotta heal that. You know, and then and then from there them, they those we got to get over that next you know it's us it's we you know um you know you take that m and me and you turn it upside down and it's we it's 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 the same i mean it really literally it's the same it's just a matter of perception are you looking at the the m or are you looking at the w and, and that's it you know and, and then there's the great rastafarian saying of i and i you know i and i you know your being and my being are i and i and and and, and i think that's that's the level of evolution that we're going for we're going for a place where I can love myself, I can accept myself without being angry at the world, and then I can accept others without judgment, without fear, you know, um, without uh, repression of other people's rights and, and, and desires, and, and we can respect life, you know, we, with or without medicine, we have to respect our life and the life of others, you know, because you can say, oh, those crazy X, you know, X, Y, Z, they kill people. Well, but if you respect life and they respect life, then there's nobody killing anybody. So we, we all have to heal. You know, the thing is, there's this cool meme that you see sometimes. It's like a little boat and there's two guys on one side of the boat and they're, 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 they're pushing out water and that half of the boat is sinking. And then the, the top half of the boat, there's two other guys saying, boy, we're sure glad that's happening on your side of the boat. Well, you know, the whole boat's going to sink, oh, <laughs> you know, that's a good one. <laughs> so, so we, we, we're, and I don't think we're going to sink. I think we're going to make it. I think, I think we're, we're in a good place of evolution. You know, um, I, I think that there's other beings here on this planet with us that are not necessarily of the human race and, and they also need love. They also need acceptance. This isn't an us against them. You know, this is uh, uh, we have to form of co a collective, and just anyone that, ha that wants to be here on planet Earth has to become a being of, of respect first. Are you, are you speaking about spirit? Uh, when, when I speak of other uh, beings? Of other beings? No, I'm speaking about other beings. You know, I'm speaking about... Um, Animals and no, plants. No, I'm speaking about very intelligent, very powerful beings that came here a very long time ago and mixed their DNA with the human DNA. And, and these beings have a lot of power in the physical world. You know, these are the beings behind the banks, behind the huge multinational companies, behind the massive politics. And, and, and these, 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 these massive beings, um, they're lacking in love. And they come from, they, they react out of, out, of, out of a place that doesn't fully respect life. And you can say, you know, some people call them the Illuminati. Ah, oh, you know, it's us against the Illuminati. No, because it's not. You know, they're here and we're here. So if we're all in the same boat, you know, we, we have to figure out a way where we can coexist in respect and love. And that's the evolution of humanity. You know, that, that's where we're going, you know. And again, you know, back in enlightenment, I mean, we, as we grow, every day that I forgive more, every day that I have more compassion, more gratitude, I'm growing in enlightenment, you know. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's like a final destination. Oh, now I'm enlightened. No, it's a process. You're, you're, you're getting there with each progressive, beautiful, life-respecting, love-giving decision that you make, whether it's for yourself or for the environment, whether it's how you, how, who, you know, what are you going to support with your money? Are you going to support, you know, things that are petrochemicals that are damaging the earth, that are damaging, you know, food that doesn't, uh, 
you know, mass produced food that doesn't really provide nutrition for the body and mind of the soul, or are you going to support local farming? Are, are you going to support, um, holistic methods of healing? You know, that it's, it's, it's a big decision. You know, what kind of love are you going to give yourself? You know, if you're sick, if you're not well, are you going to choose synthetic chemicals or, or are you going to do a little bit of research and find out that maybe this isn't the best thing for you and that there's holistic methods that you can use to heal as well? Let's talk about the Illuminati. I don't mm-hmm. want to skip over that. So what's okay. your, um, what do you think about the Illuminati? You know, I, I used to think a lot about them. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not going to let you skip over. <laughs> no, the, I, I don't the, think so much about them anymore. And I'll tell you why I had my, my, the solution that a friend of mine gave me many years ago to combating darkness is turning on light. Okay. So what do I think about the Illuminati? I think I need to work on myself. I need to become the change that I want to see in the world. That's one. Two, um, you know, there, there's, uh, do not, <laughs> it's not about money, please. They print the money. Okay. They, they own the ink, the paper and the machines. If it was about money, they just print more money. All right. Get your game straight. It's about control. Okay. It's about control of energy. You know, you want to get it down. You want to know about the Illuminati? Watch Monsters, Inc. I swear to you, you need nothing else. Because Monsters, Inc., the, the, the company uses the fear of the kids to, you, to, to operate their world. You know, the monsters come out of the closet. They scare the kid. The kid screams. And they trap that scream in a container. They take that container back to, to Monster World. And that's what runs the, the Monster World. And what they realize at the end is that if the kids laugh... And they, they trap that, it produces more energy than the fear. And this is the bottom line. Um, there's beings that a long, long time ago came in from other places. And, and they, they mixed their, their blood with our blood. And they, they want to or have wanted to um, in the past uh, to control the earth. But you can't just come under universal law you know, with, with a stick-up gun a cosmic ray and say, you know, humans, you know, you just got stuck up, you know, you know, run the earth and you're our slaves now. Um, no, we have to willingly give our power over. And we do that every time that we, we subscribe to terror, to fear, allowing our kids to go to go, go off to war. Every time that we support a military industrial country, every time that we support Coca-Cola, Monsanto, petrochemicals, um, industrialized pharmaceuticals, we're supporting the Illuminati. So where, so what proof have you found to lead you to believe that there are other beings that mixed with human beings a long time ago and that those are people who, te- who control corporations and are the heads of the IMF and the World Bank and they print the money? Yeah. Proof? Yeah, what's the, what's the proof well, for that? So, that's, that's, so, that's one, so, that's one yeah. trench too deep for me. So, so proof for me is, is, um, is an observation. So, so first we can go and say, well, there's all these scholars that have written all these books, okay? Um, you can go to the Bible uh, where it talks about the Nephilim. And, and, and the Nephilim were considered uh, the, the, the ancient ones of old, um, the, the ones of stature. Uh, and then again, the Bible says that the sons of God saw the daughters of man and found pleasure in them. Okay, so what are the sons of God? You know, these, these are celestial beings that have come down. And you go, and then you can go into um, Zachariah Sitchkin and the Sumerian tablets. 
Uh, you can go into the teachings of thought and, and the emerald tablets. Uh, you can go into uh, things like Ted Flynn, uh, Hope of the Wicked. Um, you can go look at uh, Behold a Pale Horse by William Cooper. Uh, you can look at the body of work by David Icke. You can look at the body of work uh, by um, In the Flower of Life. Um, and, and, and But all that is written stuff. And you can say, well, well, well yeah, I understand if I've heard everything throughout my life. So let's just break it down into observation. Humans by nature are caring, loving beings. You know, so so where did this uh, vile form of existence come from? Where, where it's 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 foreign to our nature. You know, by 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 nature, we're preserve we we preserve life. We preserve our own life. So in no way would a human being in his full capacities be willing to destroy the amazon knowing that that's the lung of the earth or put roundup into the ocean destroying the coral and the reefs or use nuclear energy that then runs off into the ocean and, and creates you know. so if you observe the world and the behavior there's a clear dichotomy there, there's 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 an influence of destruction that is not organic to man. Right, but I could make the argument that, um, let's say I grow up and I don't feel the love of my father, so I always need to prove myself more and more. And I have a high IQ, so I go to an Ivy League school, and then I get in with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase or Bank of America, and I ascend through the ranks there, and then one day I become the CEO uh, because, you know, again, maybe it all comes back to this, this deep need for the love of my father, and it's just playing out uh, in different ways, right? I'm lashing out at different people. I'm trying to climb the, the ladder. And I think if I get to the top of the ladder, then I'll be happy. That doesn't... There are those people who are at the top of these corporations. But that in no way means that they that there is DNA from other planets that can't that well, is allowing this yeah, to happen, right? I, I know the question that you're asking. It, it's really not that. So first of all, yeah, the, um, yeah yes, it is in their blood. Um, we almost all have it in our blood by now, you know. Okay, um, that was the big thing um, in in when they when they in, in the 1400s uh, when they started leaving Europe um, into the rest of the world was to spread to contaminate the human race further. Um, it's been the whole purpose of the of the Crusades, where you know you go to a museum and you'll find that uh, there's vaults and vaults of, of artifacts that were stolen during the Crusades, during these wars. But the, the scenario that you described, it's already preset. It's prefabricated. Because you have to go look at what caused your father to be so angry, to be so out of touch. What created this construct of J.P. Morgan Stanley? Why was it already there? Why is it even an option? You understand? And so what happens to this person is, while they may not be a direct member of the upper elite, they have been groomed, emotionally and psychologically groomed, to carry out their work because there's you know there's like a hundred of them to just put it in simple numbers, and there's like a million of us. You understand? So you need people who are willing to be sheepdogs. They're willing to be the enforcers. Okay, they're they're, they're willing to carry out the 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 belief of the system. They buy into it. They subscribe into it. You know, and really it's it's a lack of 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 just simple research. For example, uh you research food. 
why why would you eat something that's that was created with a chemical that in one part of it to a billion parts of water is still lethally toxic? That's Roundup. You understand? Right. So, but yeah, but that, that, again, though, you're making the jump. I, I agree with you. I think on a lot of the levels of what's happening in the world and the the sickness of the West and how, I mean, now a corporation is its own it's its own living being, right? A corporation is a legal person, and even if you make it to the top of a corporation and you, you know, come down to Rhythmia and you have uh, a psychedelic experience and you decide that you don't want to go back to that corporation or you want to change the whole direction of Monsanto, you'll just be fired, right? Because a corporation is is beholden to the shareholders, right? right. So, you, you, so it's you, this you, kind of self-perpetuating machine that's right. very so, difficult to So what's to created stop. that system? Let's, let's look at money for a second. You know, if, if, uh, if you go to an art gallery, uh, there's different types of arts in reproduction. Right. You have the original and you have a print and you can have like a lithograph of the painting and depending on, on, on how close it is to the original, it has a higher value, okay? Um, what doesn't have a value is a mass-produced poster of, I don't know. The Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa. Right. Okay? Has no value. Um, if you have a mass, even if you did an original work and, and it was a poster and you mass-produced it, it has no value. You look at money. Money is paper and ink with designs and drawings on it. And yet, you know, if I went to, to, to uh, an art gallery and I said, well, how much is this dollar bill worth? They would go, well, it's, it's worth a dollar. But no, it's got a signature and it's unique. There's no other, no, no other dollar bill with this serial number in the world. Yeah, it's, it's worth a dollar guy. All right. And, and, and so what gives it that value? How did this thing that's only paper and ink become so important? Who taught you that? I'm right there with you on the money. I, I totally am, am with you that, look, we, we used to trade shells, right, for value. Then that shifted to, go to further gold. Back. Go further back. We used to have a gifting economy. Charles Eisenstein has a great book called uh, Sacred Economics. And before barter, there was gifting. Okay. But so well, let's stick with money, though, because okay. we're, jump, we're jumping around a lot right. here. Because I'm, I'm right there with you on that right now we have a... Um, we are in a money system where our the U.S. currency is backed by only the belief that this paper right. is it's worth. A, it's a fiat currency. It's a fiat, it's a fiat currency. It's it's really worth nothing, and I think that we're on very shaky stilts, and it could all come crashing down at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know the story of when we went off of the gold standard, um, and you know when banks started realizing that they could use fractional reserve lending, where they could lend out many more times mm-hmm. the amount of money that they had on reserve in the banks. Mm-hmm. I think that this is people. This is something that people should absolutely look into. I think it's one of the uh, that you know, fiat currency, the banking system. Um, you know, a lot of these issues are really important for people to look into. I have a hard time, though, making the jump that aliens came down at one point and bred with man, and that's the original story of yeah, how I w- this Yeah, I wouldn't happens. call them aliens. I think aliens gives us the wrong connotation. Right, but, this, but this is what people other, are thinking. Other, and other, it, other beings, that's and all it is. Okay, but it... it um, because I'm I'm deep in this world too, man. Yeah, Trust yeah, me, I know. I know you. Are. I know you are. Uh, yeah. So, but, so it's very important for me to to make one logical step after the next because right. I think that it can be very. People can throw the baby out with the bathwater, and right. they won't look into real conspiracies like the Gulf of Tonkin. Um, you know, you could you could even call the fiat currency 
um, a conspiracy, if you like, with with you know that other beings came down and bred with with humans. And I'm not claiming to know the answer to this because. I, I don't fucking know, right? right. But um, I think that it's it's important for us to speak in terms of what we know as fact and what are stories that we believe. Mm-hmm. That so that's where I'm coming from. So I want to make sure that we're very careful as we're well, no, we're I mean, talking it, about it, these again, subjects. Again, I, I can only speak about my direct experience, you know. And in my direct experience, to me, it is a fact that that humanity has a influence uh, from foreign beings. That, that are not uh, domestic of earth that have come here with an agenda of control and that to me is evident by the natural evolution of of the of the way that the planet has been colonized colonialized yeah. and destroyed and then and then and then when you when you look at the players it's the same players over and over again for 100 200 years they've maintained the exact same protocols going forward. Even can you say, "Oh, J.P. Morgan, he's dead." You know, um, the original Rothschilds—they're dead. Bilderberg is dead. How did it happen? How, how are they able to continue this agenda time after time, lifetime after lifetime, if they're dead? Where where is the oversight coming from? Where is the guidance for this coming from? You know. Um, and I think we have to be willing to open our eyes. And if, if several very intelligent people throughout many decades have been saying the exact same thing, if we look at spiritual text that talks about, um, you know, for example, the Bhagavad Gita, it's one huge war uh, of celestial beings, you know? Um, if you look at the Old Testament or the New Testament in the Bible, uh, there's or the Quran. There's always these battles of man against these celestial beings. Where did that come from? You know, where where do these pyramids come from? Where do the Sphinx come from? Where 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 do the the, the statues on Easter Island come from? I mean, really, you think humans created that? I mean, yeah, okay, you could, but I don't, and that's cool. You know, I'm not trying to convince anybody. No, I, I'm. Told, you know, I really that, enjoy that, this that, conversation that, that, too. That, by that the this way. is what's happening. I, yeah. I, I'm already convinced. Right. And like I told you, I no longer focus on the darkness. I focus on turning on the light. Right. You know, I'm aware that this is happening, and I'm also aware that I do not want to destroy the Illuminati. I don't want to destroy the Bilderbergers. You know, uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking to destroy anyone. I'm looking that we all come into a space of respect and love, that we can all cohabitate. And, you know, as, as a human, you know, I claim Earth as my domain. And, and anyone or any being that does not want to live in cohabitation, does not want to live in respect, then they need to see what they're going to do. Right. I think that you and I are very much on the same team in terms of that we want the world to become a better place and yes. we want to alleviate suffering from people. Um, and we're getting into the the gritty, the nitty gritty of things like the Illuminati. And I would argue, though, that let's say that you were born as a Rothschild, right? Uh-huh. The, the great grandson of Baron Rothschild, right? Right, right? And you are then groomed um, for financial literacy by the time you're 11, you're a little monetary wizard, right? right? Because you're going to these elite schools. You are then put in charge of millions of dollars uh, for you know, the Rothschild or the Rockefeller Foundation, right? right. Um, isn't it more likely that family 
is going to protect their power generation through generation. Uh, but and they're, they're, they're not I mean, protecting power, they're accumulating it. They are. Oh, absolutely. Right, because they have all the money in the world, right? They're accumulating it, but... But that doesn't... Uh, no, but, does, but what does, else does, does that mean? Like, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, doesn't, that doesn't... It doesn't, doesn't mean that that person that you described is a sentient being of a foreign race. Yes. But there is someone in that family at the head of the table that is, or at the very least is in direct contact with these beings. You understand? No, it, it doesn't though. It means that they're, maybe they were pissed off or maybe they, you know, they, they come from a culture of wanting to accumulate, you know, money and power. And that's what then people think is important. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the next logical jump. That's what, what, that's dr- a, what, right, what drives that? What drives what? The, the, the one, like, so you're, 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 saying you're talking about people that have billions of dollars. Yes. Why do you need more? Because to them, it's not about the money. Like I told you, they, they, they own the printing machines. You know, the, the, the currencies in constitutional countries where there's a, 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 a central bank, the currency is not owned by that country. It's owned by the central bank. The, the country buys it from the central bank. And these guys, the Rothschilds, control the central banks. So they don't need, it's not about money. You understand? The end game here is not money because they created the money. They control the money. They print the money. The end game here is, is, is power. Power and control over yes. others. Yes. Right? Over the whole earth, over the whole human race. Absolutely. Right. But I could argue that power and control is an aphrodisiac for, you, you, for certain people. It's a, it's a twisted, fucked up aphrodisiac that even the father in the trailer park feels by having control over mole- yeah. molesting uh, his child. Right. And that, right? And that, and that person is, is, is very sick. They're, they're, they, they carry that because what you just described is, is the symptom of the sickness that is carried or has been spread into the human DNA. You understand? This is where that comes from. So, so, so again, the, the, the people become the, the, the sheepdogs of the other humans. This father that's molesting that girl, that father that's not giving love to his son is creating a, a batteries that can be used by this system, by this industrial system, by this matrix to further its pain because it works off of pain. It works off of fear because when you're in pain, when you're in fear, you're not connected to source. When you're not connected to source, you're disconnected from love. You can't love yourself. Look, it's so simple. Everything that you're looking at right now, all this physical stuff, this really cool couch that we're on, this amazing uh, retreat center that went here in Rhythmia, that's 1% of everything that really exists. There's a 99% that is energy, frequency, and vibration, or we call the spirit world. But scientifically, it is energy, frequency, and vibration. And we're not seeing that. And this is the control that they're after. They're, they're after this control because believe it or not, it's a game. You know, it's a game to see whether or not humans will, will forego this amazing gift of being created in an amazing image on an amazing domain, which is Earth, are we going to give that up for external power or, or are we going to win the game by connecting to our internal power and realizing that the divine source lives within us, lives within you? And so it's, it's, it's love or, or, or this control, you know, and it's a game. You know, it, do I have a way of... of Okay, I'm not, okay, I don't have, I'm not even interested in convincing anyone that this is what it is, you know. I've just observed, I, I've read books, 
and literature uh, by people that I consider to be uh, as intelligent or even more intelligent than I am. Um, I've seen what I believe to be the nature of man, which is love and compassion. And then I've seen what wars are. I've seen what what the, the teachings of, 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 of ancient cultures left behind. And, and that it, everything to me indicates that we're in this game of light and darkness, to put it in forms of duality. And... Um, that there's 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 beings that are very powerful, and they 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 transmit this power to a, a to a select bloodline of humans, and this bloodline of humans within that there's a few at the very top that have a full awareness of what's going on, then there's a a bigger base of people that don't have a full awareness but they're very happy with the power, so they've basically sold their soul or or they've allowed their human vessel to become vessels for these beings and they operate in that way. Um, and then further down, then there's just, there's just addicts to power. You know, they want to be in power. And then when you go further back, it's how did they get there? They got there because they were born into a society that's fucked up, that is sick. So they were, there, was, there was something lacking in their life, either from the young woman, uh, there was a lack of respect from her father for her, or from the young man, there was a lack of love. And this created... This, this triggered that sickness. You know, it, it activated it already. And then they grow up to, pro, to, to, to propagate and to repeat the exact same patterns of their childhood. You know, we, we relive that culture. You know, we, we relive the past. Because, you know, even the Bible says it. You know, the Bible says that um, the, the, the sins of the father will be visited upon the sons and the sons and the sons' sons. Because what, what is this saying is that through generations... Our, our our lack of love and respect will repeat itself until we learn. I love the I love these conversations. Huh. They're great. And um, just to to wrap it up, um, I am very open to the idea of um, the Illuminati. I very much try and create a clear distinction between what I see as as fact, something that can be tested under the scientific method mm -hmm. and belief. Mm -hmm. Because I do, I've also observed that um, humankind has a lot of credible tendencies and our desire to believe stories um, is very real. I also very much believe that, that ayahuasca um, is a very powerful tool for helping people get their lives on track. And that's my interest in, mm -hmm. in using it. That's my interest in talking about the medicine. My, again, my fear is that when we, um, kind of when we make, uh, jumps, um, in stories and in logic, it can discredit, um, it can it can discredit real conspiracies. And again, I don't claim to know Real well, or, or well, not yeah, real, well, and and I think that again we're very much on the same same track, and that's my reasoning for for challenging. I, I, uh, I, I, no, no, I don't think it's a challenge. I completely appreciate where you're coming from with, with a lot of love. Right on, brother. Well, thank you so much for your time, all right, Kyle. Thank you so much for being here, and, and you know, just may God bless all of you. May God protect you. May the love of our Creator always flow to you and from you, Kyle. God bless you for the work that you're doing, bringing out this information into the world, and for living such a beautiful life. Thank you. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. You can get in touch with Carlos on Facebook at Carlos Duran Live. 
I'm going to play you out with a good punk rock song that I just came across called Killers by the Pinstripe Love Seat. And I will link to their band page uh, in the show notes underneath Carlos's episode on my website, kyle.surf slash podcast. I'm now doing a monthly email where just once a month I give you the best books I've been reading, the best articles I've been reading, the best documentaries I've been watching. And just once a month I send it to you in an email. So if you're interested in that, head over to the web, head over to the website and sign up. All right, I will see you in the next couple days. I got an episode with filmmaker Chris Malloy coming out. I've got a bunch of other good ones. So stay tuned and have a beautiful day.